Welcome to the Words Over Ice Show. Have a drink, whether glass mug or styrofoam. Get my best up to Ray, he's the right host. And Matt James on a sarcastic tightrope. Then there's Jason, full of opinions. Co-host with brains and the boldest intentions. Ali, that's the man making profits. Greg and Duke join us talking controversial topics. You know it get real in these interviews. We talk about it all when we bring a news. Rolling with the punches, a one-two combo. The Words Over Ice Show. Let's have a convo. All right, welcome back to the show. Today we're doing part two of The Boys in Blue. This time we have an ex-police officer joining us, Dan Slattery, also a really old and good friend. Uh, my audio craps out about 15 minutes in, so excuse that, but Jay and Dan have a really good conversation after, so stay tuned. They really get into it. Be sure you guys are following us on social media. The handle is at the Words Over Ice Show. All right, let's jump into it. Hope you enjoy it. Like shit, no, no, I'm being real shit, you know? Like, no, I know you are. Coming from a family, like, grandfather was in the CIA, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a government-vetted person. Like, I, I get it. But what I'm saying is, is thank you for, you know, just not being a part of the statistic. Thank you. Yeah, no, no, thank you. Thank you. I'm, uh, it, was a, it was a long 12 years, but uh, learned a lot, saw a lot, and right. uh, got right. a ton of stories. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to, let's talk. Let's talk. All right, Dan. Welcome to the show, buddy. Officially, um, I've known you for a long time, man. And we're kind of piggybacking off of our last show, which is called The Boys in Blue, where we talked about just our personal experiences with police officers and our thoughts about it. So, thought you'd be perfect, man, because you you've been a cop. I didn't know it was. I don't know it was that long. I don't know it was twelve years. It was twelve, just under twelve. And you were working in like the Chicago land, like the suburbs of Chicago. Was it Bloomingdale? It was Addison. Okay, Addison. Yep. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of good times in Edison. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a busy town. Lake Street, Lake Street, yeah, that's me. <laughs> All right, oh, man. So the people know um how you got into it. Like what was the the beginning of you being a police officer? Was it something you always wanted to do or did you just kind of fall into it? Uh, no, so I actually went to school. I was going to uh, University of Iowa. I wanted to do business, and then freshman year, nine eleven happened, um, and uh-huh. that, that kind of opened my eyes. And I'm like, you know what? I hate business. I need a job where I'm not going to be, be sit- sitting behind a desk. So a lot of my buddies were at Western Illinois studying for law enforcement. So I said, why not transfer it over there? And uh, the rest was kind of history. So what was your first job out of college? Were you working in Edison directly? Because that's where I met you. Yes. So uh, I got hired actually when I was still in college. So I actually left school a month early, went straight to the academy. So I went from, you know, being 21 years old to not knowing where I was going to party on Friday night to now I'm carrying a gun and uh, supposed to protect everybody. That's a big jump. Yeah, that's a jump. (laughs) They just threw your ass into that shit, huh? (laughs) 21 to, yeah, it it was crazy. All right, man. So I'm interested to get your perspective on shit because we all have our point of views and there's been a lot of shit in YouTube and on the news about cops and Black Lives Matters and all that shit. So everybody has an opinion on this. But again, I wanted to get you on because I know you personally and I know you're a good dude and you've been a police officer, but you and I never really spoke about your experiences. So like, how was it, especially being a rookie? Like, what were you dealing with? Man, it was, uh, every day was just, uh, nuts. Um, so basically, I mean, I'm going to domestics where people have been married longer than I've been alive and I'm supposed to solve their problem in <laughs> ten, 10 minutes and be like, hey, you guys got to stop acting out and we got to go to the next call. Um, I mean, it, it, it was it was crazy. I mean, 
I think within the first week on the street, I had my gun out like three, four times for certain calls. Um, you know, you see people shot for the first time, see people stabbed, you see people dead. It's, it's kind of an eye opening experience. That's for sure. Yeah. I'd, I, yeah, I'd imagine shit, all that. And yeah. you know, the crazy part is, is, um, there is just as much crime and uh, murder in the what you would call suburbs as there is in the inner city, but it's not covered the same. It's not. So I would say everything that happens in the city happens in the suburbs. It's just you got millions of people in the city and you, you know, in our towns, we've got you know, in excess of a hundred some thousand people during the daytime. So, right. Right. I mean, it's just the numbers don't correlate to each other. Um, but you know, back then too, the people respected the police, you know, a lot more towards the end of my, my 12 year run. I mean, it's just, everyone just wants to sue you. Yeah. I can see that, man. Everybody, everybody sues everybody these days. It's crazy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, you got, you got 12 year old kids that say, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, sue you or whatever. When I was 12 and the police came, I was scared shitless. Well, you, you yeah, know, dude. Illinois has always been the sue you state or sue me state as they say. And it's, yeah. you know, when the, <laughs> it's funny We're I guess we're all in the same age group. Uh, yeah. You don't tell people you're going to, I never told anybody I was going to sue them. I was like, fuck that. Let's just fight. You know, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sue your ass. Like, I'm about to give you this fucking law right now, God, You know, like, but right? I, I, but I hear what you're saying. Like, it's different. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so, go ahead, Ray. I got you. Well, I didn't say anything. I'm following suit this time. No, I'll no, go. I'm good. I'll go, go though. <laughs> All right. So, Dan, again, man, last episode that we talked about this, the boys in blue, we gave our personal perspective, our personal experiences on um, mm-hmm. our situations with cops, right? Uh, or our encounters with cops, I should say, as well as the whole system. And it's easy for us as citizens to sit here and say, you know, there's, everybody's bad. Every police officers bad because there's so much media, YouTube clips, all that shit just portraying police officers is horrible. Right. Right. Rightfully so. There's a lot of bad cops out there and there's a lot of bad shit that's, that's happening and we do have to fix it. But I really tried to be cognizant. I really, really tried to put myself in your position as a police officer, because I don't think we know as, as citizens what you guys really go through every day. I really don't. I, I think it's a hard job, harder than most people think it is. And the amount of shit you see, like, I don't know what call you were on before you came to my situation. I don't know what you dealt with last week or day to day. I'd imagine that plays a big role in how you approach situations. Yeah. So it, it, it kind of starts out. So they train you in the academy that everyone's going to kill you. Um, you know, grandma shopping at the grocery store is going to kill you. Um, <laughs> so you, your first couple calls you go on, you think everyone's going to fight with you or, or going to try and kill you. So you're really on edge. Um, then after a couple years, you kind of, it starts kind of just becoming normal. Um, and I just noticed, especially, you know, a lot of the, my coworkers, you know, that were kind of started around the same time I did, we got a little lax with it. So our, our officer safety wasn't as good. Um, and then it literally takes one instance to kind of, you know, wake you up again and you, mm-hmm. you're literally on edge. Um, but what a lot of people don't understand is, you know, they got to be human beings too. So they could have a fight with their wife before they go into work and they, they might be having a bad day. Now they got to go out and solve the world's problems. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a really, really tough job. Yeah. I imagine. Just, just like on the flip side too, like how you said, like, um, 
you get trained that, you know, everybody's going to be an enemy or a threat to your, you know, survival when you go out. And then it's like the, the other side is like civilians, especially in certain neighborhoods or whatnot from day one is like, especially like, you know, it's crazy how it's turned into me personally. I was only 16, but there's kids that are like seven and eight and their first introduction to police is getting handcuffed and put on the ground and mistreated. And then they have to live their life going through a very similar, you know, thought process, but hopefully they don't, they have a, you know, a a team around them that uh, when I say team, a family, a community that tells them, even though that happened to you, you still should not succumb to the, I guess you could say, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not like, you know, it's kind of like your stigma of the uh, the area that you live in. Don't become a person that is retaliate, you know, retaliates or is a troublemaker X, Y, Z per the, uh, like I said, in other words, stigma or the, the same word. But what I'm getting at is it's like we as people to the other side that interact with the police are left with a interaction, our first interaction. So therefore we create our own thought process or, you know, just thinking about the interactions we have with police. So I get what you're saying from the other side too, whereas you were told, like, when you go out there, it's true. Society, me personally, I can tell you from experience, I could be literally driving with my seatbelt on. I'm like fully insuranced up. I am, I have not had a sip of drink, like liquor, haven't done anything, just doing the speed limit. And I see a cop and automatically I'm like, shit, here we go again. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and it's, it's messed up because the city I, I live in, like I have been pulled over for a cop telling me subjectively within the law that I waited too long to turn my, my turn signal on the turn. And that was the reason he pulled me over. But it was first and foremost that we caught eyes when he passed me and then he did a U-turn, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of, it's it, the, the subjectiveness of law is trippy to me, but I get it, 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 I get it, but I don't get it because numbers per the FBI speak otherwise. That's all, you know, it's just a thought process. End of race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the FBI numbers do kind of speak for themselves. Yeah. But uh, I, I mean, I can honestly tell you, I, I, I worked on teams and other with, you know, cops from other towns and, I don't say any one of us, I don't, I didn't know a single person that stopped someone because they were black, you know, white. Thank Asian. you. Thank Honest, you. Honestly, when you're doing 15 over the speed limit, we don't know what you look yo, like. Yo, we walked it. Yeah. Pull your ass over. You should be. What are you doing 15 over four in a residential or a regular ass city area? You're going to kill somebody. You're going right. to fuck their car up. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can honestly say we never there. And, and just so you guys know, every time you stop a car, you have to fill out a, a profiling card. That sucks. Uh, it does, but it's all <laughs> thanks to uh, all the profiling that has been done. They're supposedly from lawsuits. So every time you got to take your best guess as to what, uh, you know, what nationality yeah. they were. No, I'm saying like on your end, that's a lot of paperwork. That sucks. Oh, that's sucks. That's what I meant. That's what I meant by it. Like everything. Everything you do, you you breathe wrong. You have to write a report about it. Damn. Yeah, which is shitty. I had gas today. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan, you've never come across any racist cops, corrupt cops, nothing like that. I mean, that? I never. I have. I never did. Uh, 
Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'll say I, I, I do know some officers in the suburbs that got arrested for some shady stuff. And guys in my department did cases with them and had no idea that they were up to this stuff. Right. Um, right. So, I mean, no, I mean, our, all the guys I work with were pretty solid, you know, straight, straight shooters and just, you know, no one was out. No, honestly, I never met a cop that enjoyed arresting anybody, no matter what they did, even if it was a murder, it's just not fun. Where you were at though is very diverse too. So, Extremely, you know, it, it, there's no way around it. Yeah. I mean, we were, we were heavily Hispanic. Um, and you know, but we had, we had a little bit of everything. It was, it was an interesting mm-hmm. town to work and it was, it was actually very, very, and you learned about different cultures too, which was actually really kind of, you know, the fun part. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, Dan, how do you think you were viewed as a police officer or maybe not you specifically, but when you were a cop, how do you think police officers were viewed in general? Uh, do you think you're viewed as like the bad guy? Cause I know like myself and a lot of other people, we saw cops coming. It was like, Oh shit. I didn't even do shit. That's the Here comes the bad guys. I'm too old to do shit now. <laughs> you know, I, I'll tell you this, you know, you know, the, the good people liked it when the police were around, you know, if you're not committing a crime, you don't mind it that the police are around. Um, right. It's, it's the, the bad people, you know, it, and as big of a town that I worked in or small of a town, whatever, however you want to look at it, you dealt with the same troublemakers on a daily basis. Right. Like you could literally, you knew you were going to this address that day. Um, and you know, who's around that area too. You, you knew exactly who you were going to talk to. You already had their birthday phone number, everything written down in your notebook. Cause you just took the report yesterday and involving them with something. Right. So, you know, but I'd say the majority of the town was very respectful. Um, I mean, people would randomly drive up to you in a parking lot and give you a Dunkin' Donuts gift card for a cup of coffee. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was the nicest thing, but you know, it's, it's the people that stay out of trouble. You know, they respect the police and and it's not really an issue. It's the ones that cause the problems are the ones that are not respecting the police for the most part. So what do you think about the whole, like the, the black lives matter thing? Cause there's obviously like, I've always, I've always felt that way. And I'm, I've never had a, I've never really, I don't think I've had bad experiences with, with cops unless I was doing something I shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the only time. And they've been assholes to me, but at the same time I was, I was doing some shit I shouldn't have been doing. Right. So I can understand that. But at the same time, I've had really cool cops who've let me go for some shit that they shouldn't have let me go for. Um, so there's definitely good and bad cops out there. Absolutely. And there's a big divide right now in the entire world. There's blue lives matter, black lives matter, all lives matter. And everybody's pointing fingers and everyone's got an opinion. But I wanted to get your take on it. Having been a cop and having gone through it. Um, I don't know if you were around during the time that all started. When did you uh, when did you retire again officially? Uh, so I left. Uh, it's probably three, four years now. Okay. So not that long ago. There's been a lot going on in the last three, four years. So what's your take on it? So, I mean, I think the whole black lives matter movement, it's kind of a joke. Um, I, I mean, I get, I get, they, they want to have a voice to stuff. Um, but you know, there's, there's a lot of other things, you know, if don't just protest police activity, if you really want to make it, uh, uh, you know, 
a circumstance. And, you know, they just try and pick and choose the negative instances with the police. Um, and I believe Black Lives Matter formed from Ferguson, Missouri, if I'm not mistaken. No, that's right. Which that's where it originated. I, I believe it. Yeah, it, it was. It, it, that's that's where the origination of it, the thought process and the uh, in, institution of it came from. Yeah. And I mean, if you go back to that case, I mean, I, of course, probably I'm a little biased being a cop, but I, I mean, I don't know how you could even protest that shooting. I mean, that's almost as clear cut as it gets. I mean, the guy had DNA. The suspect had DNA on the on the cop's gun. That clearly shows that he was trying to grab the police officer's gun. Hmm. It's funny that, you, you know, just looking at other facts, too. Um, uh, Michael Brown laid there for he was probably there for like two and a half, three hours or so, if I don't recall incorrectly. So that and then people were pushed back, you know, your um, I guess you would call it your. Uh, what What's the what? Dan, what's the term for your 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 area? It's a crime scene, right? Well, yeah, crime scene or the area that you patrol is your beat. Okay, so where the crime scene was, where he was shot at, they pushed everybody back like a good 200 feet, put tape up. So in between laying there for a couple hours, I, I mean, you could, you know, but here's the other thing, too. You have a kid. He's literally a kid, which that whole documentary, you know, documentary um, showed all the footage and everything of the deal with the people at the, the gas station, which is neither here nor there. Um, you can get DNA very easily by picking up a dead person's hand when nobody can watch. True. And I'm not saying that it happened, but I'm just saying the multiple people of Black Lives Matter um, founders that have been found that committed suicide in, in Missouri, St. Louis. It's just, it's just so crazy. And then just looking at the, the hierarchy within the police force there, uh, the, I think, I, I think he's not the superintendent, but he's the chief, I think, or a former chief. He might still be neither here nor there. The, 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 the litigation or the, the, uh, the people that are in, power there from like mayor has changed. So it's kind of crazy in Ferguson to believe that this kid deserved to be shot and left in the street for hours. That, that kind of hurts. Yeah, no, I I get what you're saying, but you also want to make sure that uh, you get all the facts, right? Um, What a lot of people don't know is they can literally reconstruct an entire shooting based on projectiles and all that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I get it. And, and Ferguson, you know, I, just from what I've heard, I've actually talked to a SWAT guy that uh, he, he taught, he taught a class and, and talked about how messed up Ferguson was on the FBI <laughs> reports yeah. before any of this happened. Oh yeah. Um, But it's unfortunate that, that, you know, that whole, circumstance even happened but you know at the end of the day you, you do kind of bring on your own fate i mean you, you committed a robbery um you know the police are going to kind of come talk to you about that and that's kind of the time to kind of man up and say all right let's let's talk and don't cause it more than an issue but obviously none of us were there so we don't know the you know the whole story i hear that what I'm getting at is, is do you deserve to die even if it was a robbery over like some cigarellos and a Snickers? 
Or do you deserve to die when you shoot up a church and, and nine people when you get Burger King after? Yeah, no, I, I, I completely understand. But, you know, if I mean, I, I, I've never, ever met a police officer that ever wanted to shoot somebody. Not saying that they don't exist, but man, it's it's I, I've been involved. I've been involved in one shooting. And I'll tell you, I, I, you know, it's still something that I'll never forget. Of course. You strike me as a person that you you know what I'm saying like you're not you're not out here doing this. It's not a video game to you. This is real fucking life. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So it's like sticking with you. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes like in the military, for for example, in my family, I have a lot of military background. And they've all said that there's been a few people that have come over and said, I wanted to do this because I just want to kill XYZ, whoever we're going to war with. You know what I mean? And it's like that's not should that be your thought process? Like you just want to go over here and just do that? Or do you want to, you know, take care of or, or co- approach the, the uh, operation at hand at a different angle without just going out to just like kill people, you know, and, and here in this country, we, you know, we, we, we run all the numbers for incarcerated and, you know, police killings or just killings in general. Doesn't even have to be in police involved, just murders in general. We like run run all those numbers. We should be running education and X Y Z, but we flipped the script. You know, what do you think about that? Um, I mean, what, what, just what what do you what do you what are you shooting at there? Just exactly. Uh, more so, just like, have you ever come across anybody that was like, I just want to go out and like, just I want to I, I want to use my gun. Um, no, Not, I mean I. I I'm not saying you're, you know what? That's a, that's a really straightforward question. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, cause I, me personally, I don't, I don't like doing that. I don't like putting people on the spot like that. Um, that's a, excuse my, uh, question for that. What I'm getting at is, do you agree that there might be some people that come out wanting to just get into an altercation? Um, yeah, I, I would say there's probably, there's probably cops out there. Um, you know, a lot of them are into MMA fighting. Um, oh, yeah. And you know they they when you practice all this stuff you want to you want to use it, um, you know I I've been there I've been on that side where I've seen it go a little too excessive, um, you know it's I I, I would say I've n- I I personally never used force that wasn't necessary, but yeah. I've, I've seen it I've been around it, um, didn't agree with it, made it a point that you know if I ever see that again, I, I I'm gonna have to report it or do something about it, but. Right. You know, right. It's, it, you know, it goes back to, again, it's not an excuse. You know, we're all human. Everyone has bad days. Um, yes. Yes. And, and you know, for all, for the, for the police officer, you have a bad day. You take it too far. You just lost your career. And somebody lost their life and somebody lost a husband or wife or, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's a ripple effect. It's everybody involved in that, that altercation is it's sometimes it's final for some people, and then there's final in their career, but their life still goes on. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's such a man, you know, it, it's, it's a deep situation picking or like rather choosing to hold, to hold that kind of what you would call uh quote unquote responsibility to be out in public where I'd say seven out of 10 times in certain areas, you're the only one armed with a firearm. Cause I know there's areas, you know, it is what it is. 
people are walking around strapped. You know, it is what it is. I'm, I'm sure you've seen it. And that's out here. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean when I mean out here versus. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't change because out here is just as serious as it is in the 606, whatever. You know, it doesn't matter. But, um, yeah, that's just crazy, man. I can't imagine what it feels like to roll up and you got something to do, but then other people have their experiences and it just turns into a shit show. Yeah. I, you, you know what a lot of people, and I don't know why they don't stress this more. Um, so what they train you is 21 feet is the closest you ever want to get to someone with a knife. Actually, right. <laughs> I, I, th- I know, I, I think they've extended it to 25 feet because there's actual studies that show that that guy can come and stab you before you can even unholster your weapon. Jesus. And 21 feet, 25 feet, that's a big distance. Yeah, it is. And, you know, and it goes back to that whole Jason shooting in in the city of Chicago. I mean, I I don't know. I I didn't follow a lot of it, but it. Are you talking about the Van Dyke, the Van Dyke situation? Yep. Yep. That's the one. Um, You know, and and the other thing is what, what they don't tell the public is that we don't train, uh, you know, just fire two bullets and, hope that it stops the threat. I mean, you keep shooting till the threat is over. And the, by the time your brain realizes that and, and tells your finger to stop pulling the trigger, you know, the way it could look on videos that that person's on the ground, but your brain hasn't reacted to that because you're, um, you're such at an elevated stress point that your body's actually not functioning at a hundred percent. Okay. Um, I get, I get what you said. I mean, personally, I've never shot at anybody, so I don't know. Yeah. Would you would you say that shooting firing a full magazine of 16 rounds and then reloading and unloading that magazine as well would would be justified? It depends on on the circumstance, but you also got to remember the way that we train is as soon as that magazine's empty, you reload. Oh yeah, yeah, I get it. But there's so, like uh say let's say you got about another 5 officers with you. Mm-hmm. So everybody's unloaded and reloaded. Would you think the two people would deserve that in a car that's parked? Because that that sounds like a lot of ammo to me. It, honestly, it's it, it it it's kind of a blanketed question. It's hard to, you know, each circumstance is is very unique. Okay, uh, you know, so it's. I mean, what what I might see as a threat, some another officer may not see it as a threat, and we could be standing right next to each other. Um, a lot of it deals with your experience and, and the certain, you know, well, yeah, the, gunfight situations, reactions also like, um, if you will, for an officer, another, uh, the, basically the same form of, uh, PTSD where you automatically go into this thought process and, you know, you're just getting busy. It's time to get down. Like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying, I'm, I'm trying to go home. I'm not worried about, you know, X, Y, Z. I get it. Yeah. And, and I actually, I'm diagnosed with PTSD and I didn't even know about it for <laughs> pro- probably two, three years uh, after the incident had happened. Yeah, man. Yeah, it, it. Well, you can't. You'll never shake it. You'll just learn to deal with it. Yeah. That's the only thing, you know. Um, yeah, you'll never shake it. But uh, in certain situations and cases that I've seen and read upon, it's just like in Sydney. I don't know. We we agree to disagree. Uh, in, on my side, because like there's certain situations, it's like fuck, nobody's moving, and six people just unloaded like two uh, or two magazines a piece, which were sixteen a pop. That's in a 
that's just crazy to me. And then, you know, just other cases too, but I get where you're coming from. And that's what I want the listeners to go ahead and see both sides of what we're saying and decipher on their own, because I've never been in a shootout with a suspect because I'm not an officer of the law, nor have I been to the military where I've been in a full firefight with people I can't even see. You know what I mean? So I don't know what it is to take home what you take home. Yeah. That's then you know, so I want people to just go ahead and pull their own thoughts out and think about the situations of both sides of the story, you know? And and that's why America is great. We all can have our own separate opinions and um you know, I, of course, I'm going to be a little biased. I'm going to side with the police, but um... well, I don't expect you not to. Because <laughs> once, I mean, once it's in, it's in. It's it is what it is. You saw the other side of the the badge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, as it long as they're not supervisors, I'll side with the patrolmen all, <laughs> all day long. Supervisors, they can, they can go take it themselves. <laughs> okay, I see you. I see you from afar. I'm shooting you a shot now. You like whiskey? What's up? Like, uh, <laughs> no, but but all all bullshit aside, um, yeah, man, I, I would say that in the law enforcement and public relations, like just the public and law enforcement interactions. I think there needs to be more conversation, more education on the areas that are being patrolled and just more interaction that is not traumatic on both ends. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And, and I mean, we got to blame our media for a lot of the view on the police in our, in our current state, because man, there's so many good things that cops are doing that don't get, you know, uh, put on the, on the news, but you know, as soon as a shooting goes down or an officer does something that's somewhat questionable, uh, that's the top of the story. But right. you don't you don't hear about the cops, you know, I mean, donating, you know, car seat, you know, they pull pull a single mom over that can't afford a car seat who should be getting a ticket for her kid. And they go to Walmart and buy her a car seat. Right. You know, so, so. What, what, what would you say? I know that it's, it's a on the spot question, but. The the unjustified shootings versus the officers that are doing the the public service and doing it positively without negative interaction, would you say that it trumps it, outweighs it, or is you know even, or would you say one which which way would you say that the interactions go versus positive versus negative? I I gotta say there's thousands more positive interactions than there are negative. Okay. Um, okay. Honestly, you, you you just don't hear about it. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I did, you know, my, my biggest thing when I was a cop is, you know, after I, I did all the, the resting in the world for drugs and all that, which you kind of learn that it's kind of a war that we're never going to win. Obviously, you still do your drug cases, but, you know, you can change people's lives being a cop. Yeah. And, and I mean, I can't tell you how many times I if I just changed one person's life or, or made it a positive interaction. Um, you know, that's, that's really what I was all about. And people still, I hear from them today saying, Hey, you were like the coolest cop ever. You know, I screwed up, but you know, you, you'd never judge me, nothing like that. And you know, it does feel good. Well, I mean, shit, we need more like you. (laughs) So I don't know if you want to rejoin or what, but this public needs more like you because, um, I have had my affair where I wasn't, I was actually just sitting in my front yard and, got pulled up on and was like, give me your ID or else I'm arresting you. And 
I understand the area, but I'm literally standing in my front yard and uh, a couple other cases. But I can say this uh, CPD, I've never had an issue with. I've seen them. Uh, what you would call is a public interaction or what do they call it? A, a civil touch. I don't know if it's the same within all, all, uh, all uh, precincts, but a civil touch base. You have to have a certain amount of day. But I, I, I witnessed one in, in Chicago, but we were like a couple blocks from uh, county. So because I used to live out there. Okay. But, um, yeah, that, that's an area where they don't really trip over people doing like minor <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? Like you got to be like having a shootout between like four or five people for them that really, you know, give a shit. So he kind of just like told this dude what he needed to do and told him get the hell out of Dodge, go home. And I witnessed it and I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like that really happens. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I was like, but I've never seen that out here in the burbs. Like I always, if I do get pulled, even in the smallest infraction of just no signal or whatever, I didn't normally get off. You know what I mean? It, it, especially the older that I, that I got, it, it kind of got more like, hey, what are you fucking doing? Like, here's your ticket. I don't give a shit how you feel, what your day is going, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But what I'm getting at is we need more cops or officers that, are policing the community and I know there's knuckleheads for sure. I know there's knuckleheads, you know what I'm saying? And that's, that's one thing, but to treat everybody like a knucklehead is another. And that, that kind of hurts sometimes when it's like, really? Like that was a subjective pullover. Like I said, with using that, I turned on my signal just a hair too late. It's like, what's a hair too late. We're moving at a, I was actually sitting still at the light there was a person in front of me and I decided to turn down the street to go to my mom's house and he was behind me. So I, I don't know if he thought I was trying to evade him or what, but everything came out clear. I didn't get a ticket, but he was like, yeah, you, you turned your signal on a little too late. And I was like, yeah, that's subjective. You can't do that. Yeah. I mean, you know, so I, I don't, I don't think this is too well known, but um, you know, a, a lot of times they were just evaluating the police on just traffic stops. Uh, oh, okay. You know, like my my department wanted in, in an eight hour shift, they wanted one ticket a day for every day you worked. Doesn't sound and honestly, people says that it sounds like a lot, but it's eight hours. I mean, you know, nah. traffic infractions you see, but then uh, I don't know if it was the Illinois Supreme Court or the United States Supreme Court said you can't just evaluate officers on tickets alone. So then they came out with like a point system. So pretty much anything that you did, you got a point, half a point, however they wanted to distribute it, and you had to get an X amount of points. Okay. Uh, my biggest thing, though, is if I stop you for speeding, you know, they're like, you should write a ticket. I said, well, sometimes it's got to be an educational experience. You stop someone for speeding, they might just be having a bad day, you know. By you not giving them, giving them a ticket. Look at may- their record. Check the record. If they're a chronic speeder, then fucking slap them. I get it. Even, even still, I mean, well, if it's it, an emergency, yeah, like I get what you're saying. Like it's subjective, right? It, you got to touch base with them and see what's going on. And and I, I think it, you can use it as like a teaching experience because a lot of people, you know, never had a ticket before. They've only had one or two tickets. You know, you stop them. Hopefully, they'll remember that and and remember to slow down next time. Not, I don't, I don't feel like you have to write a ticket to everybody. See, like I said, me more like you, man. <laughs> <laughs> But again, you know, there was a reason that you looked at it the way you looked at it. But I don't know. You know, um, it's a very fine line. Like I said, I have my my view. But there's one person that I grew up with that was a police officer my whole life at the end of my street as a childhood uh, uh, resident in that neighborhood. 
And he was always cool as shit. He actually saved my ass one time with the state police because I'm in the cars and there was a bunch of us hauling ass down the Elgin O'Hare way back in the day in like 03, right? <laughs> and I'm I'm doing the, I'm 23 years old. I'm doing shit I know I shouldn't be doing, but I'm doing it anyway because I'm 23. Like fuck it, whatever. I got the money for the ticket. So neither here nor there. X Y Z. He ends up talking to officer whatever his name is. I can't remember. And and God bless him. But he, he's like got me out of it. You know what I mean? And it was a pretty substantial situation on the highway. I'm in a you know turbocharged sports car, so I'm we're cooking. But neither here nor there. It, it's he knew me from a child, you know what I mean? And that's the difference is he knew that all I was into was cars and sports and that's it. So he knew me. And I think that's the problem is not getting to know the, 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 the place that you, you, uh, what do they call it? Your territory. What's the, the other beat. word? The beat, the beat, your beat. They, you, nobody takes the time to get the, the, to know the people in their beat. And I think that that itself is a great starting point to get people to start, you know, and there's also going to be other people that are just like, fuck that, you know, cause you know, you got your, your, your report, you know, me personally, like I, I see the city that I live in. I see, I don't talk to them at all except for two of them. That's it. The other ones, they kind of give me a look. And when they see me talking to the other, like the other officers, they kind of look and then they shake their, they turn their head to the side and then, it is what it is, but I just, you know, I keep it real quiet. That's because that's my experience with the city that I live in. Yeah. You know, uh, trust me, man, I, I I could not sit still in the car. So my biggest <laughs> thing was, man, I would stop everywhere, get to know business owners, gas station. I mean, I literally everybody I knew, right. I knew my beat, you know, like the back of my hand. And the other thing is I always told the the newer guys, you know, you got a missing juvenile report. You bring the kid back home. Find the reason why they ran away. Because mm-hmm. if not, you're coming right back there tomorrow to take the same report. And that's a report that's not fun to type up. So, yeah. you know, take a couple seconds, find out what's going on with the kid's life. And maybe, you know, you can help out because every police department has social services. It's free to the citizens. I mean, there's a wealth of, of resources out there to help help these families out if, if they truly want the help. Right. And you could be bringing the kid back to an abusive situation without even knowing it, you know, and then the next report you fill out is, you know, missing child or deceased child. That's yeah. Well, that's not, I, I wouldn't. And personally, I, I wouldn't want to fill that out because that shit would hurt, you know, knowing well, that you just had this child with you. Look at that Crystal Lake situation that uh, happened last month. That was crazy. That was that was fucking crazy. I mean, they, the police, numerous reports that they were uncomfortable with the living situation and it ultimately cost the kid's life. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 uh, the cases and the situations and just all the variables are so fragile within policing and community, uh, interactions and relations but according you know from what i'm taking from you is you're one of the ones that could have been very influential in the system um so you know i got i'm i see your your perspective and i kind of understand probably why you got out (laughs) well no because it's got to be hard to think that way but 
there's many cases of officers that have said something and it didn't go well for them. Right. You know, it, it didn't work out, you know, so. Yeah. Let's just, let's just say the, the upper management and I did not see eye to eye on a lot of things. Right. <laughs> so that was, that was really ultimately my decision for, for leaving. For sure. But I'll tell you, I miss the guys every day. I, I do miss parts of the job. Um, you know, you get to meet a lot of really cool, interesting people that you, you probably wouldn't meet in any other type of job. And, um, right. you know, I, I do remember the cool thing too, was, uh, we were at the gas station getting our, our free cup of coffee. Yes, it was free. Um, and, <laughs> and, and this is when like the mega million was like at its ultimate high. Oh, and, shit. And I, and I want to say two people came in while we were sitting there, you know, sipping on our coffee. They each bought us lotto tickets and said, Hey, good luck. And gave them to us and just left. They, I mean, we, yeah. I'm like, can I get, I was like, I should have gotten their name. Cause if I win, I'm splitting this with them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I'm going to give you at least a quarter of this bitch. Right. <laughs> that see, but that's the other side of it too. You know? Yeah. That's I mean, the side of it too, you know, I people, know. there's, there's a lot of good people that respect the police and, you know, I, I would have to say a lot of the people that don't respect the police, um, you know, they're, they're, a lot of them are probably up to something or, you know, unfortunately, they they, they came across the, the cops that were having a bad day and left a bitter taste in their mouth. But, you know, they, like any profession, there's there's good cops, there's bad cops. And Right. Can we agree on this, that there's good and bad people and there's good and bad cops, but we all shouldn't be judged accordingly to the bad ones. Everybody should get their own chance. I, I agree a hundred percent. And honestly, your past is your past. You know, sometimes yeah. it, it takes a little while uh, to, to kind of learn and, and stop being an idiot and that shouldn't be held against you for the rest of your life. Right. I agree. 100% is best, you know, as well. So, hey man, it's been really good talking to you. Um, what are you up to nowadays? Just, uh, yeah. So uh, I, I put people in debt for 30 years. Um <laughs> So, You're uh, a loan officer? What I, the fuck? I'm a loan officer. So the, the running <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Oh, the, oh, shit. the running joke is I had such an ego I couldn't drop the officer title, so I had to find another job with officer in the title. I hear you. <laughs> you, 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 know, you got public interaction one way or another, right? I do. I do. Hey man, congrats on that. And uh thank you for your time and it's been a really good 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 talk with you. Because yeah. um it, you know it's hard for people to it dialogue is real hard for a lot of people. You know, um, you got your, your, your bias and your thought processes and your, your history and your experiences that just shut that shit down. And I, I used to be one of them and I'm trying my hardest to open up a little bit and I appreciate you opening up with us. And thank you very much for all that, that you said, all the um, stories and just letting us know about, your time of service within the community. Yeah, no, I, I've had a pleasure. It, it's, uh, brings me back some good memories, some bad memories and, uh, you know, some, it, it, it was a, it was a job that I really did enjoy. And, you know, I, I do miss and still respect all those guys that are sticking it out for the, the long haul. So we definitely need them. Indeed. Thank you. We'll talk to you again, uh, per the norm. Um, before we get out of here, are you on Instagram? Uh, I am, but I don't even know my login, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that. Um, it it's more so that that's like a formality that we normally put out there if if the uh the guests would like 
for anybody to see what they're up to or whatnot, but I, I get your angle on it. And um, yeah, well, thank you very much, Dan, and uh, take care of yourself. All right. Thank you. You think that was cool? All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that show. Again, if you did, leave that five-star review. We appreciate it. Sorry again, guys, for my audio cutting out, but I think Jay and Dan really killed it without me. So who cares, right? If you guys have anything for me, email me at ray at wordsovereyeshow.com. I'll be sure to get back to you as soon as possible. And then our website is wordsovereyeshow.com. Find everything there. Thanks again for listening.